This episode is powered by Safety FM. In today's episode, I'm going to speak with Eric Garcia. Eric is one of the members of a Facebook group that I am one of the moderators for. I started this one several years back, and it's called Safety Consultant. So you go to facebook.com backslash groups with an S backslash safety consultants with an S or without the S. So facebook.com backslash groups backslash safety consultant. No S. And it is a private group, I believe is how it's listed. And that means that you're going to answer three questions in order to get in. So make sure you answer all three questions. And me and I've got two other moderators, Jay Allen from the Safety FM uh, network. So Jay Travis Costello from Costello Safety and uh, then myself. So out of the three of us, we kind of see everything that anytime we get some requests, and you'll be surprised at how many people don't even want to answer the questions. And uh, so automatically you'll be denied. So you need to answer the questions and make sure you uh, submit them all three questions. The most important is, do you agree to follow the rules in the book, in the group? So yes, do that. So that's one of the groups that I have. Another group is uh, the Patreon group. And uh, I've been calling that the safety consultant.us group. But uh, Eric had a question. He posted it on a group. I check from time to time because I don't spend a whole, it's not my primary group. I really spend a lot of time and effort and energy either working with clients or working with the Patreon uh, supporters and the Patreons there, uh, patrons there. But, you know, it's still my group. I started this thing a long time ago, and it's still my baby, so I, I keep up with it. And I scrolled down, and I saw that he didn't have any comments, and his question was about a multi-employer uh, citation that a client of his got, and they were about to do the informal conference. So he wanted some tips on that. So I give him a call. He starts telling me a little bit about uh, what was going on. I kind of paused the recording for a while, so... We could get some of the information out as much as we can and keeping the client's anonymity and making sure that he doesn't violate anything between him and his client. Uh, but the generic side, we started recording. So, uh, and then my response is record. So, uh, this is truly going through citation on a multi employer site. It's going to be the subcontractors of residential roofer. And they hired another sub, so it's a sub of a sub, to do this work. And the work being performed, uh, the, the workers did not have fall protection. A worker did fall, and unfortunately there was a fatality because of that, that fall. So when OSHA sites uh, in a multi-employer doctrine site, uh, they are going to look for roles. So you're going to hear me speak about a few different roles uh, and to give you guys a little bit of a uh, just a brief overview of what you're going to hear. 
Uh, on the multi-employer doctrine, uh, that is something that OSHA created years and years ago, uh, before when they used to go to a construction site. Everybody and everything is going to be pretty much the look at. And then they kind of develop uh, roles for each person on the site, so they'll know who is responsible. And they call that the create, or excuse me, the controlling employer. Usually that's the GC, or if there's a contract that says you are in charge of the safety and health of this site, and everyone has to follow your contract, then you are the controlling employer. Anyone who has a worker that is exposed to a hazard is called the exposing employer. Anyone who created the hazard is called the creating employer. And then anybody who can correct the hazard and has the responsibility of correcting the hazard is the correcting employer. So that's the four roles. And in uh, another kind of hand-in-hand doctrine is, uh, is you could ask for a focused inspection and construction meaning uh, OSHA will only look for the focused four or fatal four items, meaning if there's worker behavior or there's uh, some deficiency in equipment or procedures or policies that could cause an electrocution, a struck by hazard, a fall hazard, or a caught-in hazard. So those are the four highest fatalities, the fatal four or the focus four. And uh, so OSHA will use a focus inspection. If you qualify, you have to have a competent person. You have to have everything in uh, compliance with subpart C of 1926. You show OSHA, yes, I can do that. You ask for a focus inspection and then you get that. But the people on the site, they have to fall under these roles, these four roles I just told you, uh, if there's many contractors on one site. Anybody that has workers exposed to this hazard can't get sighted. So if you have, um, let's give you an example. So let's say you had a worker and um, he fell, something fell into a, an excavation and there was a ladder there and he was like, all right, let me go ahead and go down there, grab my phone, let's say it's that. And the excavation, deeper than five feet and it has no protective systems at all. And the people that are actually working in the excavation, they're there, your person's there grabbing the phone that just fell out of their pocket, OSHA happens to show up at that time. You can get sighted even though you didn't create that hazard, your worker was exposed to that hazard and you would be an exposing employer in that case. The person who created that ditch and did not have any kind of protection on it, then that means that is going to be the creating employer and uh, they're going to also be the exposing employer if they're also responsible for the site. They could also be the controlling employer too. And quite honestly, they're probably going to be the correcting employer because if you're going to make the excavation, chances are you're the one who's going to fill it back up and grade it and all that stuff afterwards. So uh, they could have, in that case, all four roles. But your employee, they just grab their phone real quick at the wrong time of day, and now they get exposed to that hazard. So therefore, you're all going to be caught up in a multi-employer uh, site. So I actually 
talk to Eric a little bit about um, my feelings on this. We talked a little bit about pricing too. So you're going to see us throw that in there as well. And uh, so that's how I, I kind of approach this question. So you're going to hear a little bit of a, a cutout. And then he actually pulled over. He's in uh, San Antonio, Texas. And he wanted to talk about this. And he really needed to get a hold of me. So I called him right back after he saw sent me like a Facebook message. I called him back and said, all right, uh, let's let's go through this together. So we, uh, he pulled over. You'll hear his emergency parking lights going off from time to time in the background. And you'll hear him on his phone, but he has completely pulled over and he was actually uh, making this call. So you'll hear some traffic behind him. Uh, from time to time and you'll hear his uh, flashers going off because he had his his flashers there just for safety so we did the right thing right so eric was good on that one all right so uh just stay tuned after this brief 30 second word from our sponsor uh, then we're going to get back into we're going to get into the interview with eric garcia and uh we'll give you some some ideas on what to do and how to proceed with a multi-employer uh, citation that will lead into an informal conference with OSHA. All right, stay tuned. SafetyConsultant.us group is a group that is set up for other people that are safety consultants and those that want to be safety consultants. A resource site that will give you the ideas that you need for growing your business, such as teaching resources, because you got to be a teacher when you're out there, and that's going to be part of your base for growing your clients. Get, get your jobs. So that we have OSHA compliance uh, topics, including written programs and assessments that you could use for getting your business going and also it's a group community of other people that are doing what you're doing as a safety consultant eric garcia um i own and work for a company called stallion safety solutions here in san antonio uh texas austin area um and just like other consultants i help with uh, OSHA uh, training, violations, auditing, um, and then, like I said, keep keep the keep the wheels on the company and keep it going. Um, I'll also help with insurance costs as well, um, and and help moving forward with that. And you know, if you ever need anything, man, let me know. So here's my uh, here's as as far as I'm understanding this. So if the contract says that the sub contractor is also responsible if they hire their own sub for the safety and health of the site, then that means they are now taking the role of the controlling employer. So uh, yep. they become the controlling employer in that role. So now even though their workers aren't exposed to that hazard, they yep. have taken that role. So that means they are going to get cited. Uh, yep. that's, that's just part of it um, as far as the multi-employer and then if the contract does state that the overall GC takes full responsibility of safety and health as well, and they delegating that down, then that means the GC can decide it as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, it depends. Let's say it this way. The reason why is, generally speaking, OSHA will only have one controlling employer. 
Uh, so that would mean the roofing contractor would be that main controlling employer for their stuff. Uh, so right. that might be the only thing that you could work on. But if you're going to do an informal conference, uh, it looks like they got a 501 or 502A violation. No, 501. Yeah. And, uh, 501. And uh, let's see. 501A for probably no fall protection or 502 another yeah. 50, yeah. Uh, 505 is it for training or 503 for training I believe so if yeah. if they're getting all three of those violations the requirement for training is that they're going to have to have uh, training and certify training meaning that they have to show in writing that they've trained these yeah. for, uh, do they have that no, they they didn't even check for that, man. So so my deal is my deal is that at the end of the day, you know, no matter if there is a contract in place, right? Uh, OSHA states that OSHA states that the general duty clause that each employer has to provide a job site free of recognized five A one. You know, you know what it is the five A one, right? So at the end of the day, you know, my opinion is is that uh, even if there is a contract in place, there's nobody there supervising them. That automatically makes him a competent guy for the job, whoever the foreman is for that subcontractor. So what I'm thinking is is like they they still have to provide safety. You know, they're still responsible for their own safety, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even if the guy was there, uh, say my, the supervisor was there for the roofer looking at the job, man, and they're tied off, you know, and he walks away, you know, and, and he leaves to go to another job. The guy falls. How does, How is that, you know, how is that, uh, the G, you know, the GCs or the controlling contractor's fault? It's not. You know what I mean? Uh, well, um, the multi-employer says it is. Uh, because yeah, um, I know their contract says they're responsible for all the safety and health, and because of that contract, that means if yep. they have a worker on site or not, they're actually yep. saying that subcontractor is now their worker under their rules and regs. So it's still worth yep. the fight. You should still do the informal yeah. conference. Uh, sure. So what you're going to ask for in an informal conference then is go ahead and own up to it. Hey, we got it. You got us on this one. This is what we're going to do uh, on forward. And um, yep. what you can do also is uh, preemptively go ahead and give them that training and then certify that the workers are being trained, you know, post accident, but it's in good faith. Uh, what size is the sure. company roughly? Ooh, they got about the roofing contractor that I'm that I'm representing probably about I don't know I would say about 50 employees okay. um, but they okay. like I said they, they sub out a lot of their work to, they use a lot of these guys that you know these 1099 type guys independent contractors you know okay um, do they have any previous violations uh, the roofing contractor no okay. none within five years Okay, yeah. so you're, you're good then. You could probably get yeah. them on a on a good faith reduction, and you could probably get them on a size reduction. If they were over yeah. 250, you couldn't get it on the size oh. reduction. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, so you yeah. could get them on, on those two reductions, and the good faith will come from you showing that, all right, we learned our lesson. These are the things that we're going to do. Uh, our frontline supervisors are going to take the role, and we're going to make sure that every contractor on our site is going to follow these rules and this is how we're yeah. going to make sure of it. So you have to make sure that you have um, 
you have like your HR, whoever their HR person is, write out yeah. a permissive disciplinary action policy that you're going to、yeah. do so that you can show that. But you're also going to talk to OSHA and just tell them, hey,、uh, this is going to be something that will hurt our employee at this or employer at this time. So we please will ask you to you know give us this good faith, give us this uh, size uh, discount, and you probably、yeah. you know how many workers were exposed. I know you had one for two.、Um, how many workers were? Yeah,、exposed? there was like there was like two or three guys on site,、um, yeah. and I, I heard that the, even the I, I heard that even the the host employer probably the you know the the builder got us the violation. I don't know if that's true, but he was telling me about it. So I think all all three of them got it. Um, yeah, the builder should. If there's a,、um, it, it depends. It, it, because、yeah. truly, the subcontractor could take on that role as、um, as controlling employer, but、yeah. possibly if the it depends on the wording of the contract. Really, so I can't tell you without seeing the contract. But if sure, the wording、sure. of the contract says that the、uh, the controlling employer, the GC, has complete reign over everything and requires. That their sub and any subs under them have to follow his rules. He'll get cited as well. Oh yeah, dang contracts, man! I'm telling you, <laughs> you know. But that's what they. But that's what keeps us in business, man. Is you know things like this, and you know,、uh, of course, you know when I go into violations, man, I have all my ducks in a row, you know, Sheldon, and you know, and I like I said, we do the corrective actions, we do the stand downs, we do the, you know,、uh, of course, they didn't have a really good safety plan. You know, safety policies in place. You know, at the time,、um, and of course, a lot of the here in Texas. I don't know how it is in Florida, but a lot of the the subs underneath the subs really don't have anything either. Man, they just there's so much work going on here. It's it's unreal. Casey, really, I, I think you still have. Did you already give them your your? May I ask how you're charging for this, just so I could get an idea? Yeah. So yeah. So what I do? So what I do is I put a. For all my clients, and I put a proposal together based on their needs. You know what they do for a living, what their hazards are,、um, and then and then on the bottom of that, what I obviously looking at you know auditing job sites. You know, I basically charge for my time and my material, but I also put a piece of a, a piece in there like a little clause that you know that I cover them twenty four seven. So in the event they get a violation or they have a something tragic, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, tragic happen. You know, I go work that violent. You know, work that violation, or OSHA shows up. I go there, and that's where that time is built. That basically just you know my time and my material. You know. Okay.、Um, is so if you're representing them in the informal conference, is that also、mm-hmm. included in your service contract? Yes. Yeah, that's that's included in that's included in, in the OSHA 24-hour piece for me.、Um, that's like I said. I, I set a I set a time each month.、Uh, some time each month. And then what they do for me, I don't know how upfront they pay upfront, or they you know bill them every month or whatnot. But I all that piece is in there, you know、mm-hmm. the auditing,、uh, the formal piece, all of that, you know. Okay, because generally with my contracts, I do,、um, I have a retainer that's built in、mm-hmm. for them to you know to say I will be the one that is going to take care of the informal conference, and that retainer、yeah. is only going to cover. Is just saying I'm being retained for this. Now, if it、yeah. goes into an informal conference,、uh, then there's 
two thoughts that I've been doing. Most recently, what I'll do is um, I'll charge them a flat rate, nothing less than four hundred dollars, just to take, yeah. just to be, be retained, and that's that's right. been a rider in my contract, saying that you know uh, here's the service contract. If you have a, an OSHA thing, I am going to be your representation. However, uh, there's going to be extra time for me to do this. So therefore, to to kick in this part of the contract is going to be a 400 retainer and then after yeah. that uh, then we're going to either do it by your time or do it by your energy and, and calculate that cost or the other idea is to do it by reduction so if i get them a 30 percent reduction i'm going to charge them 10 percent of the reduction value so yeah that's a good thing so then that makes it where for me i'm more incentivized to get them that 70 percent or you know 80 yeah. percent reduction because then if yeah. i get a percentage of whatever is being reduced you know sure it's going to save them money but then it's also going to make it my effort worth it yeah um, I'm not saying it's not yeah. worth it but just meaning it's yeah to, no i know what you mean you're going to spend a yeah, lot so of time in research Oh yeah, that's part of my, so that's part of, you know, I used to work for a, an insurance company, insurance broker as a safety consultant, and that's kind of where I got broken into the, you know, representing all 40, 50, 60 different types of clients and getting OSHA violations and fatalities and, you know, I got a lot of experience with this and uh, I know this multi-employer, multi-employer, a lot of contractors, a lot of my violations that I've worked in the past, you know, are not multi-employer. I've just a couple of them in the past. And so, you know, this was a, to me considered one of the bigger ones since it's, it's a fatality. You're probably looking at 50 grand, you know, violation with all four. Um, I'm sure it's going to be close to max violation because they find out this company's got a lot of money. Um, and so, like you said, that's, you know, that's kind of my keep keep them coming back is how much money I can save them on the back end, you know, and, and it pays for my plan, you know, so that's part of my, you know, what I tell them, of course, and uh, being a part of the insurance group companies back in the day is, hey, man, you put a plan together with me, you keep me around, you let me work this uh, plan for you and be your safety guy, man, you get 10% discount off your work with comp and general liability, you know yeah. what I mean? You present that plan to the insurance company. Um, and they go, man, how, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I used to work for an insurance broker. So they end up saving 10% off that every month or every quarter. Um, and then, of course, you know, they get violations. And I'm me being in the room takes another 30% off off the violation already, you know? Yeah, and and so that's how we're able to help. It's also going to yep. be uh, so, where their experience, your experience modification rate is going to be affected yep. and all that stuff as well. Yep. So. But oh yeah, I I think uh, if three people are well in your region. Three people that are exposed to this hazard, meaning that they're on the roof without any fall protection, yep. and then also the fatality. They're not going to rate the fatality higher per se. It depends on a few other factors, uh, but uh, but truly you're looking at uh, for the 501A or 501B violation, which would be the uh, duty to have fall protection while it's residential roofing, so it'd be a little further down, it wouldn't be be under residential yeah. roofing. Uh, so that violation is probably going to be um, roughly uh, 6,000 each worker that's on that roof, 5,000 let's say for round numbers, so you got 15,000 yeah. for, for just that. And that's if they're taking it easy on you because you're no present, no violation prior yep. and you're a smaller company. 
So then uh, you're looking at about 15,000 for that. And then for the training, it's going to be about 2,500 each. So let's see, you're probably going to be looking at somewhere between the, the, the total with the fatality as well. I would say you're, you're closer to the 45,000 uh, range. Yeah. Uh, roughly. That's for, what I'm thinking, man. That's in your region. So, yeah. And for your consulting side, you know, yes, it's going to help you with your experience in doing something like this, but uh, truly it's going to take a lot of your time. So make sure you're, you're, you're thoroughly compensated for this. And Absolutely. Also, if you could you know get them with the training and with your contract you know next i don't know if you do it annual contracts or or anything but yeah. next time next time your annual contract comes up you know you might want to put in a little uh, a little descriptor or a writer saying all right if we're doing this in the future this is going to be the way we're going to proceed with this and uh, make sure you're not losing money from this not to make it all about money but you know quite honestly yeah. you're your own boss so you need to take care of yourself sure absolutely nah man I appreciate that man you know like like I said you know being a part of these groups you know this is kind of what what I try to take back from the group is you know you know experiences and you know knowledge from guys like yourself and myself and you know seeing who's got different who's who's you know what tactics I guess tactics would be a good word you know have each each of us used you know to help reduce or you know move from serious to other than serious or even vacated some fines and you know i've got some fines vacated you know and it's just like i said it just depends on the case scenario man you know absolutely and then this scenario, <laughs> you know the last one i had that was a multi-employer was also a fatality case and it was yeah. our subcontractor in the job that was being uh, they were basically the ones that had the issue but the gc was my client and um and they tried to rope them into the multi-employer in this one but the contract in the state that the gc had full responsibility of safety and health so yeah. we, uh, we're able to work down the fine they still got fined because of um one of like a long-standing it's not even a written policy but it's one of those long-standing under uh, understanding or understatement of osha is if there's a fatality someone is paying something yeah it's, it's just a mindset that they have and they've always had any region you go to uh, so we had a, yeah. a situation that was clearly the subcontractor's fault and the subcontractor allowed osha to come on site without consulting the gc later on either so we had to deal with that too but truly um it, it's one of those cases where you you really have to look at the contract understand the contract and and make sure everyone's got their roles and to fight yeah. this in um in the uh informal conference make sure you bring your um your your uh your letter with you you notice a contest yep. uh just yep. in case you know you're not going to be satisfied with what they're doing yep. bring your notice a contest and if you make sure that you ask for the reduction it's so funny how people don't actually ask for it OSHA's is not going to voluntarily reduce it sure. you actually have to ask for the reduction yeah so just tell them hey no, oh yeah what can you do for this? Uh, this is. Oh, I'm aggressive, do. man. <laughs> you know, I'm, aggr I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive when I go in, man. You know, I mean, I'm aggressive, but you know, you maintain professionalism. You know, when you go and and you know, hey, they, I mean, OSHA knows that you're there to help. You, OSHA knows that we people like us are there to help them. They know people are not perfect, but at the end of the day, 
you know, hey, look, man, you know, you know, this is, you know, some things, uh, you know, don't mean to be this this high, you know, or this case scenario, you know, can you help? Can you work with me? This is what I'm doing. And that's where I present also my plan, my safety plan that I have for the year to show OSHA that they have taken, you know, the initiative and in making an investment in safety. Um, and of course we show them the price or whatever it is on, on my plan and what I'm yeah. doing for them. And that helps out as well. You know, Absolutely. techniques like OSHA 30 or uh, coming to my job sites. Let me, let me send you an audit for six months or I've, like I said, I've used different things uh, depending on the case scenario, man. So I just, I wanted to call and get your thoughts and I'm glad you reached back out. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. Uh, oh, I just, you know, we're all, we're all in it together, but we're also, we also face different, cross different bridges everywhere, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure you've been through things that I haven't been through. I, that's why I wanted to call in here, call in here, you know, your, your experiences and maybe you might have something that I didn't think of or vice versa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Cause I know I've got experience in some things and some things I just don't. So I have to yep. rely on other people. And uh, that's why I feel the group is, is as much to help me as to help everyone else. Uh, yeah. We get a hold of that field operation manual. I believe we're at 163. Yep. Uh, that's going to help you with uh, what, you know, just defending your case, get it, get it going. And then do a sure. search on uh, the NAICS for roofing. Uh, residential roofing and see what kind of uh, fines they have been giving people with the same violations in that area. Yeah. A good amount of uh, an idea of what the dollar figure is going to be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've had roofers get hit in my area multiple times. So I'm just, I just go in, I tell them, hey, man, there's no certain number. You know, all I can do is tell you is one fine is $13,400, man. You know, and it goes from there, depending on the severity of the fine and what, you know, what your experience is. So it's, it's hard to put that straight up dollar amount unless you've been through it before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you reaching out to me, man. I, I greatly appreciate that. Excellent. Excellent, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. You take care. Thank you again. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. J. Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested in it. It has good information, don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figured I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. Welcome back to the episode. And first, I'd like to thank you for listening and just ask you, if you can, subscribe to this podcast. 
share it with somebody who you believe will uh, get some benefit from it. And that will help you. So whenever I do extra episodes, you're going to have a notification that says, hey, Sheldon's on again. And I'm also going to be doing a Twitch cast from time to time. So you're going to look up Safety Consultant US on your Twitch if you have that. And uh, then you'll be able to see uh, my Twitch when I start really getting into that more and more. I'm, I'm starting. I, I did a few. You'll be able to see it there. But uh, but I'm going to really like crank it out pretty soon even more. Uh, and I want to let everyone know, especially during this time that we're, we're going through right now, that I am here for you. And uh, you can reach out to me on the Patreon page. This uh, show has a Patreon page. You go to patreon.com backslash safety consultant. Patreon.com backslash safety consultant. And uh, just, you know, uh, reach out to me. And if you want to support the show, that's the way to do it. So thank you very much. And uh, with no uh, any further ado, let's give you the tip of the week. All right. The tip of the week is going to be regarding uh, your, your informal conference, especially if you're going to have an informal conference with uh, someone and you really want to make sure, someone being OSHA, and you really want to make sure that you're going to be you know, following this right, you're going to get a good idea of how to proceed with representing your client. So always go in and go in knowing that you're going to be working together. You may not be on the exact same side because OSHA is going to seek to uh, make sure that you understand the infraction and they may not actually, you know, give you a break. That's up to them. However, you're going to give it your best shot. So you want to use the field operation manual and look at the most recent field operation uh, field operation manual. And right now it's going to be uh, 163. So you go to OSHA.gov. And then when you're on the search on the top right corner, type in FOM 163. Download that and really dig into some of those chapters like chapter four, chapter five, uh, six, and get a good understanding of what the citation was, uh, why the gravity of the citation was there, and uh, just really, they'll, they'll help you with your research. The other thing you wanna do is you wanna look up the NAICS code, the North American Industrial Classification System Code, and that code for your uh, your client, you're going to really hone in after you get that response. Hone into your region and then hone into the actual citation that they received. Look that up by that NAICS code in your region. And then you're going to get a good idea of how much uh, everyone else is being charged for the same amount of infraction. And you could kind of get a, a good scaling of what to ask for. Uh, know that you can get a reduction for good faith. You can get a reduction for size. Really just look that stuff up and try to figure out what you can get. Uh, as long as you, uh, you know, size, especially you have to hit a certain criteria. Field operation manual is going to work. You walk you through that one. On pricing, I'm going to give you a double tip on this one. So on pricing, I would say you want to have a retainer for your service 
but then when you're actually going to be doing the informal conference, you're going to be saving them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So if you're including this into your regular uh, service contract, they're making money off of you in this way. And it's important that you could utilize money in such a way that you benefit your business, uh, but you, you know, I'm not going to say greedy to look greedy or anything like that. I want you. To, I don't want you to think of it this way, but think of it as what's fair, and it's fair for your knowledge and your experience, and you going to bat for this employer to get a fair compensation. So uh, they're not going to pay up front for what could be a fair compensation for something as an informal conference. So if you were going to add a little rider or wording into your contract about representation for informal conferences, then have it more of a retainer or something similar to that that is also going to say, if we do have to do an informal conference, this is outside of this service contract and it's going to be billed in some sort of manner, a different way. I had one client, or not client, it was an um, instructor of mine. He would charge, I think it was like 300 at the time just to take the case. And then he would get a percentage. I believe his percentage was 25% of whatever he saves the person. So if he saves them $1,000, he's going to ask for 250 uh, So therefore, they're pretty much going to pay him that 25%, even though they're not going to pay the full $1,000 to OSHA, they're going to pay his retainer. And then OSHA's going to get that, you know, whatever other issue or, or money that was uh, left. And then they're going to pay him 250 out of that thousand for 25%. However you want to work it out. That's, yeah, it's up to you to really kind of figure what you think is fair. Uh, citations right now are getting more and more expensive. So let's say you get that $100,000 uh, citation and you get it down to you know, $10,000. That's quite a savings, right? And imagine making 25% of that difference, right? That, that'll be quite a bit of money. Uh, so therefore, it's going to help you out. And it's also going to be slightly a deterrent, possibly depending on how the um, how the employer is looking at it. So that's my two cents and making sure that you're not going to lose money in representing a client. But since they're already hiring you as a uh, an entity that is going to be doing their safety and health, I would include some sort of wording in your contract that says, all right, this service contract that you're having me with the training and I'm doing some mock OSHA audits for you and everything else, uh, it is going to help you where you know where to go to if you get uh, some sort of citation. But on top of whatever our annual service contract is, this is additional work and therefore it's going to be billed accordingly. All right, so that's a twofer for uh, the tip of the week. All right, so thank you again. I'm really uh, grateful during this time uh, here to help. So if you want, again, look up www.com, Patreon, excuse me, .com. So it is patreon.com backslash safety consultant. And uh, that's where you could uh, help the show if you feel so inclined. 
and I'm here to help you right back with resources. So that'll be uh, some resources there provided for you. All right. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.